Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Take the Hill, which is a leadership podcast designed to connect you with influential leaders, exhibiting great leadership within their respective fields. So good morning. Welcome back, Dennis and Angelo. Hey, Patrick, how are you doing? I'm well, very well. Good Angelo. morning, everybody. It is good to be here. Nice. Always glad to have you here as well, Angelo. So today we are super excited uh, to have a really special guest with us and is the owner of Rolling Pepperoni, which is not just about delicious fare, which we will learn about very shortly, but it is also about the preservation and celebration of the Appalachian culture. All right, so this episode today, you are going to have the chance to meet Kat Schuler, who owns Rolling Pepperoni, where she's doing tremendous work in the Lawrenceville area, you know, which is really bridging urban and rural communities. You know, the idea for Rolling Pepperoni uh, came from a project and just thinking about it as while well, she was an undergrad at Point Park University. And the motivation really came from what I believe is an alternative business model that kind of extended beyond, you know, the for-profit idea. You know, it's really a socially driven mission, you know, centered business. And we are super excited this morning to say, Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, it is a pleasure to have you here. And so for our listeners, can you kind of give us a little bit of background on kind of your journey to kind of coming up with this idea to create this business? Sure. Um, well, okay, so I'm from West Virginia and so is the pepperoni roll. Those are two important pieces of the puzzle. Um, I'm from West Virginia and transferred to Point Park uh, halfway through my college career. The first half of my college career being rather dismal, um, and then the second half of my college career being far more interesting and exciting and inspirational. Um, during this transition, I was very much involved in kind of community service work. I was very, uh, you know, I had come from uh, studying psychology as a background, and I had worked as a social worker. I was just very invested in community work and taking care of, you know, my fellow human. And I transferred to Point Park kind of on a whim at the plea of my mother. Uh, she just had an inkling that Pittsburgh would be good for me. And she was right. And um, during the transition to Pittsburgh, it was full of creativity. And creativity in a really empowered way where I was in class and I would get to do really a full-fledged project on what I would want an event to look like or uh, how I would work out a promotion for a business uh, down the street. And this uh, transition from kind of thinking about creativity in a very empowered way really struck me and surprised me that I never experienced it before moving to Pittsburgh, moving into a more urban area. And so I started to question, why not? Where had that been? And it led me down a rabbit hole of serving pepperoni rolls and talking about the Appalachian culture, which is normally referred to as West Virginia. When we talk about Appalachia, we often think of central Appalachia, which is predominantly West Virginia. 
West Virginia is the only state that is entirely in Appalachia, where other states have counties that are part of Appalachia and then it ebbs out. Uh, so when I make the pepperoni roll, it's to kind of talk about where it comes from, but also talk about where we are now, which is also Appalachia. You're muted, Patrick. We'll edit that out. So, so tell me about that transition, because again, like you said, it you know through the maybe the guidance of your mother and kind of some of the things that you'd experienced along the way. What gave you the courage to make that jump from some place that's kind of really rural to you know this urban environment? You know, was that something that was kind of scary for you to do, or did you learn along? What lessons did you learn along the way? Man, it was horrifying. It was terrible. What was, that was what was the most remarkable thing is growing up in a rural community, you don't realize how quaint your understanding of the world is. You know, you, you don't know all the things that you're missing and how fast being in a city is and pittsburgh is slow for a city you know it's small and it was still such a shock um and experiencing that shock was shocking you know it was doubly confusing and uh, um and i think pittsburgh i think why it's so relevant is because pittsburgh is also rural you know it's very hilly it's mountainous the rivers are here but we still have this density of people so it's in landscape feels very much like Appalachia it it doesn't look or isn't that far removed from rural communities but the experience the traffic the parking the density of people and the opportunities for community exchanges, you know, that is very, very uh, prevalent. Hey, Kat, I, I had a question. And uh, every time we do a podcast, this word comes out for me, intrigued. I'm really intrigued with, with your, uh, the word creativity. And the reason why I am, because you'll get into most business, people are starting businesses or even are in business and maybe need to restructure or whatever, that creativity seems to be a stumbling point, which sounds like it was your, uh, it helped you take off. So have you always been a creative person or is this something, I mean, how do you, it, it can be scary being creative. Like, um, wow, I'm going to do this. Like Patrick and I starting this, we were trying to be creative and, and it was kind of scary. So, have you always been creative and what, what, what advice would you give other managers that need to become more creative? Oh, uh, well, the creativity is definitely something that, uh, I feel like you must understand is something that li lives within you. Um, and I think if you, you know, need to find more creativity, you have to learn to trust yourself more. You know, it is very scary and it is playing the long game. You know, in the business model, we 
you know, not just pay for the cost of the production of the pepperoni roll, we pay writers and for the cost of the stories that associate with, our, you know, associate our mission. Um, but, and you know, that's, that's, that's really quite a large expense. And sometimes you think, is it necessary? You know, if I, if I stopped putting the dollars towards the creativity, would, what would happen? Would it, would the business be as successful? No, not, not a long shot. Of course not. You know, the creativity is the heartbeat. It, it is, it lets you, you know, it lets me have more fun. I, the creativity is what fuels me and drives me to get up every morning and return to this work without it. It would be so monotonous, but the creativity is, it's like uh, magic, you know? And I love that message that, cause again, a lot of individuals I think get into business because they're like, oh, I can make a lot of money. And that's maybe great over the short term, but as you kind of demonstrated and said very eloquently that again, over the long term, I mean, if there's not a passion or creativeness or a drive there that's inside of you, you're gonna kind of get bored and you're not really gonna keep pushing forward. So can you talk a little bit about those stories? Because again, they're on your wrappers. They're a part of the new book, which I hope we're gonna talk about here soon. Like what, how does that combine with the food and the environment that you're building in this company? Oh, well, uh, it all combines, I think, I hope to combine all of the creativity in a way that communicates uh, permission for people to enjoy the creativity and to experience it hands-on, permission to be curious, permission to, you know, putting the stories on the wrappers is pretty peculiar. And I hope individuals find themselves with a pepperoni roll and think, you know, what is this? Why is this here? What are these words? Who are these people? And it, it just prompts sort of a creativity and, you know, to be curious about these individuals. Um, what the stories focus is, you know, the stories focus around kind of urban poor disparities. And it's not a lot of fun to talk about. So by kind of, you know, we want to eradicate poverty, right? That's sort of what we think about. And, but you can't just, there's no clear way to that solution. There's, there's no, I think they're called, you know, a wicked problem because there's no solution. All solutions you know, if you're, if you're following a linear model with an A, B, and C, you can't get to where you want to go without introducing something that's also a negative. Um, but you can prompt people to start thinking and talking about it. And the more people think about it and the more people feel comfortable to think through a problem and begin to think through what a solution might look like is where I hope the stories lead individuals um, when we started the story project five years ago, the conversation, we were in a vacuum. There was no one talking about Appalachia. There was no one talking about uh, rural poverty. Now, so many people, 
we are one of many and whether we all came into this realization at the same time or whether all of our little like you know the language happening out into in the ether on the internet fueled all of our kind of conviction to stand on our own because there were other people quietly doing the same thing and now being together it's interesting to see what where the conversation will go next cat i i'm impressed with um kind of the diversity of your approach here, right? Like you're taking on a, a lot of different um, goals, initiatives, endeavors with kind of one overarching model, which I think is really cool. It, it, it also, I wonder how you wear so many hats though. Like I feel tired like for you, like it seems like you are doing a lot and that's not even talking about the environment that you're doing it in currently, right? So, I mean, how, how do you wear so many hats with this endeavor and not wear yourself too thin or what kind of delegation does exist within this sphere that you've created? Oh, well, yes, delegation. Um, I have really, really smart, smart people that I work with. So that is key. The community and everyone I work with, how smart and how hardworking everyone is, that's really that's that's everything um but it happened very naturally to uh for all of us to come together through kind of the community driven approach um the the my very first employee was she's now the community engagement manager but she started as a story coordinator and she found me because she was putting together a puppet show about Appalachian women and their fight against mountaintop removal. And she walked past my sign at my bakery where it says Pittsburgh Appalachia. And I think that just goes to show that, you know, it is a slow and steadfast approach to your goal in business and the right people just show up. You know, when you put your heart first, the, the right people just show up and they, you trust each other and you can be honest. And I think, you know, we in leadership, yes, it's, yes, the first person is important, but really, you know, the second person is the most important. And the second, you know, the first person is just crazy, but the second person lifts that first individual and turns it into a movement right that's that you know we did talk about that as part of the function of an idea ca catching and taking shape and it took a while it was it took a while and it was a lot of work and but the delegation is important and trusting them so I don't do their jobs at all if you know when if someone doesn't know, I say, just go for it. Do whatever you want. We're all making this up as we go. And sometimes the outcome is way different than I thought it was going to be. But I think that's for the best as we think about having a more uh, 
diverse approach to everything we do. And I think this message and what you're saying, Kat, is, is I, I wish I could kind of bottle this up and show this to all of our students. Because even though it does take a lot of courage to kind of go out on your own and start something that's never been done before, especially in an in a environment where, as you said, it's not happening, right? Or maybe it's happening, but nobody knows each other are doing these things. What have you learned about yourself over this journey? Oh, what have you learned about <laughs> myself? Um, I don't know. Uh, that yoga and meditating are very important. They become key to my happiness and to my ability to continue. Uh, the taking care of myself is the most important thing I can do every day. I, you know, if my body doesn't feel well because we're baking, you know, if my mind is foggy because we're creating stories and content, just taking care of myself. I think at the beginning of this endeavor, I would wear myself ragged. I would, I just didn't care. I was also a lot younger, so I had a lot more energy and could do more than I can do in some ways now. But it, I've, yeah, I just try to really take care of myself in a way that I didn't make time for before. And it helps me to not feel so overwhelmed by all of the things that have to happen every day. Cause there are a lot of hats. There's a lot of different things competing for all of our attention. And when I take time to do yoga, it helps me to move through uh, kind of un unstirred. Yeah, I, I can relate to that uh, getting older thing, but uh, we won't talk about that. I thought um, you were gonna, I thought you were gonna talk about your yoga stuff, Dennis. Oh, I, I could, I could, I got pictures. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's okay. um, <laughs> I guess I, 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 I really, I, this is really cliche, I guess, but uh, you, you make it sound, it takes a village to make your business work. And uh, you know, that, that's fantastic. And, and I'm under, and, and again, I don't have all the details, but Patrick was sharing with me that you have opened up another part of the store where people or come in, they communicate, they, or they, they uh, congregate and, and have fun. I, I don't know every aspect of it, but, but I got to ask you, how do you feel you've impacted your community? Oh, uh, I think positively. I think I've impacted, you know, I think, oh gosh, that's a really tough question. Um, I'm sorry. I can make it easier. How, <laughs> let me think. How do no, you think you've me. impacted the community? No, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So I would say that hmm, I hope as a woman, certainly I've impacted women to be themselves in business. I think what is the hardest for women in business is that business is, you know, created by men. And that's great, but it really is a function of, you know, a, a specific goal mindset, you know, a specific way to organize and structure life to feel positive about, you know, the outcome of the day. 
And I think women can operate in a different way. We can maybe flow between one thing and another. And I think I, I hope that as a woman in business, I make space to be quirky and to be unsure and to ask questions. And I think that it's a healthy way to conduct business and it can feel like you're doing things wrong, but I think it is, you know, we're still waiting for our first female president as, you know, as a woman putting yourself in a leadership position, it feels like we're all making way for hopefully our first, you know, woman president. And by just showing up and doing whatever we do and the way we do it as weird or as not weird, as we want. I, I know love Patrick it. wants. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I know you want to start to transition soon to the to the topic of the book, which I also want to. But I have like slightly been looking at your website while this discussion's been going on. I'm like these options to 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 purchase um, are really incredible. I I'm vegetarian, so first of all, I just love that you know there's a focus there as well. So kudos uh, to that. What is your favorite on the menu? I mean, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but looking at this right now, I feel like Dennis, like I feel like I understand his perspective here about the food and the stomach grumbling. Like, I see it now. What is your favorite on this menu? I got to know. The Monongahela. Without hesitation. You just went Without straight. Without hesitation. Chopped Greek olive blend, garlic, roasted red peppers, mozzarella, cheese, and pepperoni. Pepperoni with mozzarella and provolone. <laughs> Beautiful. That, oh my God, the picture looks amazing. There's even more. Naturally yeasted handmade dough made with olive oil and local Pittsburgh honey. Naturally dairy-free if ordered without cheese. Amazing. Hey, Angelo, Angelo, I'll pick you up on the way down. Okay? Let's do it. Let's I'll meet do it. you somewhere. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think creating pepperoni rolls that are very unconventional is also a piece of the puzzle too. I, before pepperoni rolls were kind of like gas station food, trash food, but really it's just bread and cured meat. I mean, it's the, the basis of a beautiful charcuterie board. And to make a pepperoni roll with some class, some olives, I, the menu is very impressive. I mean, I, I assume from the conversation that there would be this creative flow to it, right? As we've been discussing the create and Patrick, I think, are you eating one right now? Uh, I was just going to say, we'll have to ask the questions now because Patrick's mouth's full. But anyway, um, yeah, I just, uh, again, this is, again, that here, we get back to that word of creativity. I mean, you're, you're being creative in your product. You're being creative in, how you're getting your message out there. You're being creative with uh, including the community. Again, I can't stress how important that creativity uh, is and how you've used it to your advantage and how you've used it in a way that's, uh, that, that could be an example to others. And, uh, and again, I appreciate that. Again, the Pittsburgh area needs some help uh, just um, moving forward here in the future on how to overcome, you know, these, uh, these troubled times, not only that, even after Pittsburgh just needs, uh, it just needs some help. I think you, you've, you've set the path to open up the door for others and other women, uh, business women to, uh, to do, uh, follow that. But anyway, um, I, I do, I appreciate it. I, 
I'm looking forward to when I can get my wife and we can drive down to, to the shop and uh, yes. just uh, enjoy it. So speaking of that, Kent, um, right now I'm eating the just a traditional pepperoni and cheese, and I will say they are delicious. And I know I kind of held out and didn't give any to my colleagues because I was a little selfish in that regard. Um, but what is like your biggest seller right now? Like what do, what do people order the most of out of that amazing selection? The pepperoni and cheese. So everything is just like dressing on the cake. Everyone, everyone comes in for the pepperoni and cheese. But we do like a... Uh, buy three get one deal so as part of the regenerative business model I've priced every single roll the exact same price so there's no loss for anyone to try any of the obscure options like we have an option with pickles and I think that is the one that really throws people they're like what that's crazy but it's not it's very familiar in its flavor profile you charge the same amount for the Monongahela as you do the pepperoni roll and cheese. Yes. yes. That is an incredible approach. Yeah. So it's actually a loss if you don't right. get what if, yeah, right. It's I feel incredible. It's, I, I've never, I'm like blown away by that approach right now. I love it. It's so, it's, yeah. you make it so accessible. It's so nice. I love it. Um, you know, just for, for, our listeners, I think we should mention that uh, the rolling pepperoni is on Butler Street in Pittsburgh, again, in Lawrenceville, I believe, right? Am I correct? You don't yes. mind if we give an address, do you? No, I mean, we're uh, here. I mean, we're, our listeners are probably, there's stuff probably running down the corners of their mouth right now, <laughs> watching Patrick eat that, because uh, he is like that. Uh, but 6140 Butler Street. Uh, mm -hmm. It's rolling pepperoni in Pittsburgh, PA. So I just wanted to share that with our listeners because I think it's important. You know, we're talking about how great they are. Uh, we just want to let them know how to get there too. Yeah, and if you can't go to the shop, I know, like you said, the online website is also very easy to navigate and get your order in as well. So we know what's in the store, right? We, we've heard a little bit of the passion. Can you talk to us about uh, the book, right? Because this, I think we were talking a little bit about this yesterday. Uh, that it's almost ready to go. Mm -hmm. So the book is a, the culmination of, you know, creativity uh, to the utmost degree. Uh, so throughout in the late 2018, we started asking people, okay, so sorry, let me dial it back one more notch. Um, Appalachia is a sociologically defined culture. So when we wanted to start talking about Appalachia, in fact, uh, you just have to ask people because being a socially defined culture, it is what people say it is. So we were like, gosh, all right, well, what do people say it is? And I thought people would say like mountains and butterflies, good times and canoes. Nobody said that. People had very prolific answers. Every single person really beautiful, full of sadness, full of hope. Um, many of them would make you cry. I mean, they are just, there's, there was so much passion, every single answer, every single person. And we were just shocked time and time again that people returned with such passion in their answer. So in 
you know, kind of following the regenerative business model that's also very focused on transparency, we just compiled them all into one book. So everyone can see the information that we learned, but also to see what we've been up to, you know, as we say, we're here, we're talking about Appalachia, but, you know, what have we been doing? Who have we been talking to? Um, and we talked to 23, well, there's 23 people, 20 stories, uh, and seven different Appalachian states represented. And they all have this beautiful tone. They're all full of hope, full of sadness. And we did a word count at the end of all the words. And of course, the word used the most is people, which isn't surprising being a socially defined culture that the number one word used to describe Appalachia would be people. What is one story that stands out the most for you uh, in the book? Mm. I know it would probably be very hard to do. Uh, no, there's, there's two. There's one story from uh, an artist and she's from my hometown. And she, it, she was one of our first stories and she used this term, she said, we're in this epic battle of creation and destruction in Appalachia. And I thought, what? Gosh, you're right. I feel that same way too. And I think that's the other important aspect of the book is that many people share their story with us because they feel a frustration uh, about rural poverty. And what is significant about this book is that each of our frustrations you, is not a, you know, a silo experience. There are so many people that feel this way and it impacts them powerfully. You know, it's not, nobody had an answer to the question, what is Appalachia that was meaningless to them? It never didn't matter. And um, when she said that, that meant a lot to me. And there was another story by a musician in Kentucky and he talked about, his, his was the saddest. It was just the most heartbreaking. And he comes from one of the poorest counties in Kentucky. Um, and, uh, you know, a place where they're struggling to access clean drinking water right now, today. Like, you know, and of course, when we talk about what is Appalachia, his answer does not involve good times and canoes. It really is a heart-wrenching topic. And... We, it was also confusing because this sadness expressed, we thought, wow, well, we can't print this on a pepperoni roll wrapper. That's kind of intense. Um, but we went to uh, the, uh, an event called the Appalachian Food Summit. And again, the idea of Appalachia being a socially defined culture and putting the, the weight of the words on each individuals, each individual that we thought, well, who are we to censor their answers? Who are we to remove this information 
from, you know, the audience it was intended to be shared with. So uh, they, they all went out on pepperoni roll wrappers and hopefully they're not as sad in the future. Maybe they won't be. The conversation doesn't feel as sad as it used to. Yeah, but I think, you know, I think what you're illuminating and, and we run into it, I think on, you know, this podcast as well, because we do meet with, like you said, a range of individuals, but I mean, it's kind of the lived human experience, right? And, and you're talking about whether it's leadership or management or organizations, like we're all a collection of human beings, right? And we bring those emotions and those experiences and perspectives to the table. And as you said, I think some of those conversations carry a lot of weight. All right. I mean, especially given everything that we're kind of dealing with you know, in, in society right now. So, I mean, kudos to you for putting them on, on the labels, because as you said, I mean, that's their experience. I mean, that's their reality right now. So that's what we should be sharing, right? Because that's one element of that culture, right? Because as you said, it's not always canoes and rainbows and butterflies, right? There, there's, there's darker sides sometimes that's equal component of that culture right so and collectively that's what needs to be illuminated so mm-hmm. you know I, I think that was a valuable decision and i think that's what makes your product and your book and what you're doing so incredibly important because again that's your vision and that's your mission and you're staying true to that thank you absolutely so getting back to the food a little bit is there ever like what comes next like in terms of the pepperoni roll i mean is there ever going to be a time where I, I can walk in and maybe create my own pepperoni roll or like how do you go through a creative process there to find new flavors or new combinations but yet still stay true to appalachia uh well we we have some new vegetarian rolls and what we do to sort of stay true to the pepperoni roll is stay within uh, vegetables that have been cured or not cured, but uh, preserved. So in the same way that the pepperoni, the pepperoni is in the pepperoni roll because it had to come, you know, on a train and to the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, and it had to keep for forever because there was no refrigeration and it had to go to the, you know, into the coal mine and it had to be very shelf stable. So, Kind of following that same, you know, uh, bread trail in that we would, you only use products that have been preserved or pickled. Um, we use a Oliverio peppers in our vegan roll and it, Oliverio's is a huge company in West Virginia. There's, it's a very important company and an important name. So we use their peppers. Um, and then we name them, you know, things that revolve around our homes and uh, represent people that are important to us. Are there, uh, I mean, are you thinking about expanding into other areas or, uh, I mean, I mean, I yes. a smile on your face there. I mean, I mean you're looking pretty happy about that question. As um, a businesswoman, that's always... You know, it, it's uh, it, I, it's a regenerative business cycle, so I hope it continues to go and grow. Yes. Well, I think of, of Fermani Brothers started not too far from where you're at. Oh. Um, right down the road there, and look at them. That's a chain. So 
uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Sometimes I think about, you know, I, some people say, well, why don't you have this business in Elkins? Why don't you have this business in West Virginia? Well, when I started this project, I couldn't have, you know, the community couldn't have supported it. And now I think, well, maybe I could do it there. Or maybe it's my mindset that has changed. I don't know. Um, but I do sometimes think about moving or at least opening another location where I'm from in West Virginia to kind of really solidify that bridge. Uh, I, I know you were saying when it comes to the pepperoni rolls, you try to s stick with like the preserved and things like that because that was, you know, really the how it was done from the beginning due to uh, restrictions and just technology didn't exist the way it does today. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, it seems like there is an inherent like creative cap to an extent just because you want to remain within those walls, right? Which I think is absolutely amazing. Uh, but is there a creation like a pepperoni roll creation? that if you didn't have those restrictions or maybe even with, and I don't mean restrictions as a negative, you know, connotation or anything like that, mm -hmm. but is there like, if you didn't have that particular mind frame, is there a pepperoni roll concept you would just like love to roll out that had no framework to it? Like um, a crazy idea. People talk about having a Buffalo chicken pepperoni roll a lot. That comes up a lot. Um, and I think that's a great idea, but I don't know that we would ever do anything like that. Um, There's crazy things for me. I Well, we're really working hard on getting a vegan pepperoni in here, but it's very hard. What makes the pepperoni roll so good is the oil in the pepperoni. No other salami really works as well as pepperoni because it's so oily. And the oil that goes into the dough, that's... You know, that's where the talent is. It is the best part. So with the vegan options, it's a little bit tougher. If I could, I would have a vegetarian vegan roll. You know, if there were no re restrictions, no limits, that's think, where, yeah. I think Angelo was trying to come up with an idea so you'd name a pepperoni roll after him uh, on the menu there. But, but yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean, I just wanted to jump in there. Ooh, well, uh, I don't know, Angelo, there's a, there's one that's sort of, it's sort of, a, and it's Italian, right? Maybe we, we do have an Italian focus because a lot of the uh, Italian, the, the mining, the miners were Italian immigrants. Hey, there we go. I mean, uh, I, I, I totally resonated just immediately with it. But I, what's really unique is, I, I mean, look, me having some Italian roots, I hear pepperoni roll and, and it gives me a certain kind of like feeling. And it's so, yeah. it's so unique how there's so much more history behind it that like I just never really knew of um, and how it can be a staple to a community like so many other foods have. And, and one thing that comes to mind, I actually tell this um, to my classes that I teach is uh, when we talk about like diversity and culture and things like that is uh, Andrew Zimmern, who I don't know if you guys know him. He's on like um, one of those Food Network TV shows. He has uh, Bizarre Foods or something. His initial intro it used to say, I don't know if it still does, is if you want to get to know a culture, eat their food. And uh, that's just like what screams to me about your mission and, and goal and your website and your product. It's, I feel like there is just so much culture in it and that you just um, exemplify that notion that Andrew Zimmern put out there. 
Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to respond to me. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I think what there's a lot of culture and Andrew, is it Zimmerman or Zimmer? Zimmer. I think it's the latter. It, Zimmer, maybe. I don't Zimmer. Know. He, he goes to a lot of other places besides America and talks about the culture of, you know, getting to know the culture of the country or the culture of the region through the food. And, you know, I think a lot of people talk about, well, what is American culture? What is inherently American food? And to get a little closer to Appalachian culture, I think is not a deviation from anywhere we already are and is in many ways like a piece of true American culture for that connects really all of us. And I did double check. It's Zimmern. 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 Accuracy here. So Thank Kat, you. have you ever thought about, I mean, it sounds like these stories are exciting and, and so forth. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm sure there'll be a book in the, on the horizon, another book, but have you ever thought about doing something in the, in the realm that we're here doing uh, podcast? Did you ever think about starting a podcast that is around your business and bring those individuals to tell their story live and, and, I mean, again, I'm just asking, have you ever thought about that? Yes. Yes, we thought about it. Um, it is a good idea. I mean, I, I, I love the idea, um, but we, we want to, I think the hesitation was to flood the Appalachian discussion with our narrative and and to just stay kind of in our own little box although you know i hate to be boxed in but just to kind of stay here and in the meantime there are other podcasts that have popped up you know there's Appalachia, black and appalachia um uh, there's some others but these two black and appalachia and appalachia they exist and they're wonderful and instead of us consuming the conversation now we have partners and we work with them and we get to do things together and they're in other places of the region so it's nice to connect and do what we're doing uh in our weird way no and it's not weird at all because again as you said you're kind of staying in your lane in a way but at the same time you're still being really creative and that offers the opportunity to collaborate and have an even deeper richer experience because you can come together, which is the essence of what you know, a lot of food does. It brings people together, right? So absolutely. So one question that I did have is, you know, what advice can you give to, again, women you know, who are, say, for example, in schools of business or just in going through college now that want to start their own business, but might be a little nervous or just need a little bit of push? What advice can you give to them you know, in terms of their own journeys? You know, I don't, I'm not sure. Someone asked me uh, to share advice for women in business, you know, right now. And I, I don't know because it's a crazy economy right now. You know, my advice is be careful. Um, when I started my business, my parents were, had, they had a lot of reservation and I was like, whatever, I'm going for it. 
And now I'm in it and I feel, I understand why there was that reservation. And it is very, you know, I, I, my new advice is be so careful, you know, dot those I's and cross those T's. What has, it has been, I would caution anyone wanting to go into business, I would caution them to really think through every aspect of their model. And one piece of the puzzle that has helped us is that we have sort of a diverse model for generating revenue in that we, uh, we have our wholesale, we have our fundraisers, and now we have retail. So because we have all of those pieces, when, you know, our wholesale accounts kind of dropped off because the business is closed, um, we were able to lift ourselves up through other ways. But it, I would caution people first and foremost right now. I really would. It has been very, very scary. It has been very hard. Um, but having community has been kind of where, where we've found comfort and where we've made it through the, the hurdles. Um, before the economic crisis, I would tell women to follow their dream and to just be weird and be successful in the ways that they find success. If you, you know, I think I always, I always used to say just like, do whatever you want. If, if there is an aspect of business that doesn't work for you, don't do it. Do what works for you. You know, business was not created by women. It doesn't represent our, you know, it doesn't represent our best interest and it doesn't really represent accessibility for women in the way that it was navigated in its construction. So I think one way that helps women is the small business where like Etsy, you know, a lot of women have found the ability to get into business because they don't have to work nine to five at a business. They can work when they want to work and what works for them. And when, if you can get the work done at two in the morning, do that. That's okay. It's okay. As long as you can find success in the ways that really work for you, I think that's okay. But I tell everyone to be really careful right now. Be careful. Yeah, and that's like you said, that's good advice simply because, you know, given everything that's happening in the market right now, you know, it's before as an entrepreneur, like you said, there's always challenges, right? And now it's just almost, you know, in addition to those challenges, you got to figure out, okay, what can I do to survive the market, even if it is another six to 10 months? Right? That's a significant amount of time and resources you got to invest in your company to keep it going, keep it developing. And like you said, it's just that a little bit more challenging right now. So, which is, mm -hmm. which is why we're, we're all hoping that again, you know, in the near future, we're able to kind of get back to some new normal, whatever that may be. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, the way that you've grown your company, I mean, as I said, it appears to be very thoughtful, very strategic. As you said, you started with the wholesale, you know, the, the fundraisers, which is another really big piece. I know 
we've tried to spread the word for you in a couple of school districts. I know Dennis's wife has also you know, jumped into some of the fundraising opportunities as well. Uh, and those programs are amazing. Uh, just in of themselves, because mm -hmm. I know the money that you give back to the school districts, the percentage of those sales is a lot higher than you normally would, uh, which is, again, I mean, completely tremendous. And I know you also mentioned with the book, you know, some of the proceeds going back to the contributors as well. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's sustaining that business model, which is, is really amazing to us. So how can people stay in contact with you, uh, find your company and, and really keep following on, on your journey? How can, we, how can we stay in contact or find you? Um, well, you can go to the website, rollingpepperoni.com. Uh, you can participate in the discussion. We've talked a lot about the discussion around what is Appalachia. You can participate, you put in your story. Um, we also have a story cohort kind of convening for 2021 um, and not only do you share your story but you discuss with other members of the community that are participating and you kind of hone in your story and how you want to share it um, so that's cool and then of course you can come to the shop you know we're open nine to seven every day and it has been wonderful to be able to just chit chat with people you know on the front of the building we have painted story spot and Appalachia and it's just a calling card for people to pop in and ask questions and talk and that's wonderful so we're always available to hang out and talk awesome and we'll we'll for sure put those you know that website and your instagram account and all links to all of oh, those sure. important sites uh definitely in the show notes as we send in things out there so dennis uh any final questions or thoughts from your perspective you know <clears throat> i don't really have any final questions but i have some final thoughts and i, I gotta tell you kat it's really refreshing to meet somebody who's in business or um, a young individual a young woman who is inspiring other women to uh, again get into business but I gotta say the one thing that really really stuck out to me is that it, as a business professor as somebody who has been around businesses for decades decades I got a gray beard decades um, I always hear profit 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 I'm getting into business to make money blah 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 your business model is so refreshing and uh, I got to say that I, I want to encourage you to keep moving forward with the business model you're using because I think it works and I think it's going to be the future because people, people, I'll spend more money to drive to your place than to go down the street if I know that, uh, you know, you, your type of business model is going to be doing what it's doing, reaching out to community, uh, sending a message and uh, so many other things. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking for the word self, selflessness, selfishness, unselfishness. Help me out, Patrick. You're, you're my dictionary. Um, I, again, I, I'm, it's just so refreshing to hear somebody that has such a passion for such a business. And it's not all about the profit, but it's about touching other people. I just, I, again, I'm just so, uh, it, 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 I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. I think it's, it is about profit too, though. And that's, that's what's cool is that it is profitable to do good work. It is not a sink. You, there's so much to be gained. 
it 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 works it's that's that's the best part yeah and on that and on that just you know final thought there that's there's so much to take away from this. I really like some of the things you said about, um, you know, the first person like creates a business is the crazy one. The second one's like the most important, right? Like, I mean, that really resonates. Um, I, I've taken on some business endeavors as well. And, and that just kind of like, yeah, I hear that. Um, I also loved when you mentioned that the number one word that was used to describe um, the Appalachian people is the word people, right? Like that, or they use the word people the most in their stories, my apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, that's gonna, I think that's what's gonna carry with me the most. You know what I mean? You talk about some of their stories, if not a lot of them being sad, but still they, they, there was a sense of hope um, to better themselves and the people um, around them. And I, that's just so inspirational. Um, and I appreciate you sharing all of that with us. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming down to the shop too. Thanks. That's, I, it'd be wonderful to meet you. Yeah, I'll take full responsibility for not bringing Dennis and Angelo when I snuck in for some pepperoni rolls yesterday. So they're yeah, making me feel, good. they're making me feel guilty about that. So I, I owe a trip for those guys to, to come check out your store and, and buy some rolls and have a cool conversation, which, um, you know, again, we're so super thankful for you to making the time to come join us today, Kat. Uh, you know, I personally, like I said, have, it's, We've kind of watched, you know, kind of on the sidelines, your journey uh, for the last few years, you know, both while you're in school and kind of launching this. And again, it's, it's just been an amazing, an amazing thing to see uh, that's come to fruition. And, you know, you've stuck to your business model. Like I said, you've, you've wanted to impact the community uh, and really share and illuminate those stories and you're doing it. And, and it's really incredible to see. And we look forward to continuing to see where your journey takes you and staying in touch. And again, we are there available anytime if you need taste testers for any of your pepperoni rolls. Um, yeah, we are always happy to do that if, if you need an audience. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very kind. Um, and I'll share with the class that actually it was Patrick's class that inspired me to have such a socially conscious model. So if, if any hats are to be shared on the back, please, please give yourself one. Cause we're not going to be able to live with him now. Can you can't <laughs> believe you did that? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, at least we're all separate. <laughs> no, it's sorry. uh. It is. It's incredibly humbling to hear that. I mean, that's, it's awesome. Like I said, I mean, you know, it's, it's incredible to see people, even if it's such a small participant, small little element, you know, that we were able to encourage or, or provide something to this journey. But again, you know, the fact that you had the idea inside of you and, and the vision and, and you're chasing it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I got to add this. I, I just got to jump in there. Kat, that's the reason why we teach. I got to tell you. Mm-hmm. It's the success stories. It's the finding out where our students have gone. I've been a professor for many years as well as, you know, Patrick. And when I hear the success, success stories of my students, you wouldn't believe what that does for us. So I might've been joking, but I can tell you right now, you saying that uh, does a lot for Patrick. Um, and it does a lot for me because I know that, that uh, again, we want to see all of our students succeed. We want to see them to just go out there and uh, take on the whole world and uh, do well. Sure. Well, thank you. We're all in a great debt of gratitude to our teachers.
unfortunately i didn't get to have you in class but oh well <laughs> oh well all right well thank you Kat, thank you, Dennis, and thank you, Angelo. And to our listeners, check out rollingpepperoni.com. Again, I can personally attest to the fact that they are super delicious. I think this is my fourth one this morning. I did not give any to my kids. So um, we will have to return to buy some more. I know I'm such a, uh, such a bad parent. But again, today's story is, you know, again, there's a lot of themes in there, you know, from following your passions and your visions, having the courage to do so. And again, exploring cultures and bridging bridging these communities because again at the end of the day you know it's the human experience that really bonds all of us and that's why we're here to share and tell those stories and it's even better sharing those stories through food and that's exactly what cat and rolling pepperoni is doing so we at the show thank cat and we will get all of her information out on the show notes and we look forward to seeing you on a future episode so thank you thank you thank you so much 